This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to The Love Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Rich Pullen. Proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, it's a goal! Far post for Shearer, goal! I will win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit it. It's Cadwell! Hello, Dion. Hello. How are we? I am very well, thank you. And thank you for agreeing at short notice to do this here podcast. That's fine. That's fine. I've got nothing, uh, not really much else to do. So, uh, yeah, why not? Why not indeed? Why not? <laughs> okay, so to start off then, the, the, the standard question for me is, when you were younger, who did you support and who were your childhood heroes? Uh, um, well, I still support them now. Um, I support Arsenal. That's come from, um, I've got two older brothers and obviously my dad supports them as well. So I didn't really have much choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always, I think Zidane, Zidane's always been the, been the one for me. Um, and then as I've got a little bit older, like sort of learning the position I play, it's been John Terry as well. But yeah, I, I, from early, early memories, I think Ronaldinho and Zidane were the ones for me. It was later when you were playing in defence, you looked to John Terry what what position were you uh, yeah. when you when you were starting out? Literally played everywhere. I think that's what most kids do. To be fair, don't they? You, you sort of, as you get older, you sort of um, you start to find out what sort of position suits you best. But I've always I've, I've played. I think I've literally played every position. I think when I was younger at Fulham, I even played up front when I was uh, ten eleven. 
And then I think I just slowly worked myself backwards. So I never played goalkeeper. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was about 13, maybe 14 years old. I then was definitely, like, centre-half was my position. I think it took me till about 14 to find out, yeah, I'm definitely centre-half. Well, not I'm definitely centre-half. I enjoy the most playing centre-half. So, yeah, about 14 years old, that was, well, that's when I found out, really, that centre-half was for me. Well, with Swindon, you've played in midfield quite a bit as well, haven't you? Uh, Yeah. Um, I think I played there once before under Luke Williams and then under Richie a few times. I think that was, I think we were, had a few injuries at the time. Um, and he asked me if I could do a job there. Uh, well, he didn't. He didn't really ask me actually. He just told me, he said I need you to play midfield. So I was like, okay, cool. And then obviously at the back end of last season, tried a few times in this pre-season. I think uh, numbers-wise again, but um, yeah, I don't mind playing wherever, wherever a manager wants me to play, really. But again, I always nothing really. I, prefer, I just I come into like my my zone, and that is centre half. I feel more comfortable with centre half than. Yeah, like, like I said, I, I enjoy midfield, I enjoy playing wherever, but centre-half is where I, I sort of get the most out of myself, I think. We're not going to see you in the Makaleli role too often then? Uh, no, I don't think so, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> OK then, so as you as you point out just a moment ago, you started out at academy level with Fulham. Do you remember when you were scouted and, and what were your experiences of your time with the first London club you were with? Yeah, um, so I've, I've been into football since I can remember, like tiny, tiny little kid. Uh, I've been doing like football courses since I was like four, five, six years old. And then I went to a Sunday league side, I think it was just before I turned eight. And I played half a season. I think it's when I turned eight, I played half a season. And I think I managed to get top goal scorer and won like quite a few awards, even though I'd been there half a season. And then just managed to get picked up by Fulham and was there for, I think it was from nine years old to 12 and at the end of that journey, I had a, a bad injury. Again, I had Osgood Slattis, which yep. is a growing injury. It's the knee, isn't um, it? Yeah, knee. Um, it's just, I think it's, uh, I think it's where either the bones or ligaments, they don't grow at the same rate. Yeah. So it was just causing a lot of pain through my knees. And obviously, at that age, I was playing for my school. I was playing for Croydon Borough. I was playing for Surrey. And then obviously playing for Fulham. So I was playing a lot of football. <laughs> um, and then basically, I, I didn't play football for a whole season. Right. or pretty much three quarters of a season um, at that young age. So it then came up to a stage, I think Fulham wanted to put me back on trial, even though I'd been there three years. And I think um, we just decided to just take another year off football because I, I think I grew an inch within a week um, and that really set my knees off. Uh, so, yeah, I struggled with that. I didn't play football from 12, I think about 11 and a half to like 12 and just over 12 and a half. And then I ended up, doing a little bit of training with some friends and family just in a park. And then I, th- I think we knew someone um, who was interested in getting me down at Chelsea for a trial. Um, so we obviously thought, why not? And then I think went down for a trial and within a few weeks, I got signed at 13 years old and I was there for eight years. So um, it was a bit of a crazy few years what was going on. But um, yeah, it was, it was quite enjoyable. You guys always make it sound so easy. I just had a trial with Chelsea and then I got in and that was that. What what separates you from the rest of kids in the London and Surrey area from, you know, it's it's not as simple as just getting into Chelsea and going, yeah, we'll take yeah. you. What, what, what were your attributes? Uh, oh, well, I think, I, I think a lot of people can see now I'm quite, for a centre-half, I'm very sort of, I'd say, quite talented with my feet and 
I've got a good touch and I can do stuff. I can hit long balls and bits and bobs like that. But I've always, I've, I've always had a ball at my feet since I was young. So I, I, I've just, I would say it's practice. I've, I practice a lot. Obviously, you've got to have some sort of talent, but I think I've practiced a lot. I've had two older brothers and I've been kicking the ball since, since I can remember. So I'd say it's just practicing. I've, I just was able to probably do things with a ball that a lot of kids weren't able to do because they probably hadn't practiced it as long as me. I say I've got a, a good attitude as well. Like I've, I've always worked hard, but yeah, I think I think um, definitely as well playing all over the pitch from a young age sort of gives you a you sort of understand the game a bit better. It's like just sticking in one one place because then you don't get to see the whole game at a young age. So yeah, I stick. It, I watch a lot of football from my brothers. Like again, I'd put it down to just a, a lot to uh, learning a lot from my brothers. Really watching them play football from a very young age and understanding the game and, and obviously quite lucky to have a bit of talent that goes with it and being able to do stuff with a ball so um but yeah I think you're born with stuff and then there's stuff you practice and learn and um it's a lot of hard work a lot of stuff behind the scenes that people don't often see with footballers there's a lot of sacrifice and yeah what sort, uh, what sort of stuff don't we see what sort of sacrifices are we talking I remember when I was young even when I was at Chelsea uh, all, all my schoolmates they'd be out every weekend or after school they'd be going off doing like young kid stuff messing about and everything and I was I was at Chelsea I was training nearly every evening um, or doing my own thing and when you're that age as well Sundays you can't go out Saturdays for dinner because you've got a game the next day Friday you're at, you're at school Monday so it basically was just school and football school and football was just for my whole sort of youth really yeah. um, even when I got out of school uh, obviously Chelsea full time from then and I think you had one day off a week that was a Sunday. So obviously I lived away from home as well. As soon as I left school, I moved moved to Cobham. Um, so my days off, obviously I, I wanted to see like my mum, my dad, my brothers. So yeah, it's, it's living away from home from 15, 16 years old. So I mean, I had to do day release as well for two days a week um, during school. So I only went to school three days a week. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of things like that that people don't realise. You, you sacrifice a lot, but like I, get, I say like, I'd, I'd give it all I'd rather do that than be going out on the weekend I've experienced some things with football that is just amazing and I think most kids would dream about I remember I was young being able to train with some of the best players in the world and being able to go places with Chelsea that you wouldn't really be able to go to otherwise yeah had some amazing experiences yeah. so. well let's talk about Chelsea because I mean looking at your age I imagine you would have had some sort of interaction with a former Swindon player now Chelsea youth level coach and an administrator and Jimmy Fraser was he was he around when yeah. you were there yeah he was there my whole, the whole time yeah yeah so Jim Fraser the big part he was there a lot um, obviously AD Vivash as well he was my manager for about five years yeah. eight years I was there so obviously he uh, uh seen him a couple of times around Swindon so yeah no it was a uh, I think the first game I played Jim Fraser came and watched uh down that way so yeah, no, it's, it's it's funny. Yeah, Jim Fraser was a big part of the academy. I think he, uh, I think he, him and Neil Bath, who's the academy director, they made the decision on signing me. And then I've, I had AD, I think, when I was 15, 16, youth team and reserves. So AD was a pretty big part of my youth career, really. 
Yeah, so Jimmy Fraser and A.D. Vivash cover the swing a bit. And of course, you were coached quite predominantly by the late Dermot Drummy as well. Yeah. Is there a philosophy at Chelsea youth level? Do you have to play a certain way or do coaches bring their own sort of bits and pieces to the table? It's 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 the Chelsea way, really. You've got, you got to be able to play with the ball. Um, there's no way around it. You Basically, you just everything's with a ball from a young age. You're doing everything. I had to play out from the back and it all came from the first team. We had to do do as they did, basically. So, um, it's like being going to one of the best universities in the world, really, if you think about it. Being able to experience some of the things. You've got the best facilities. You've got the best coaches. You've got, obviously, the best uh, first team players. And being able to be around that every single day, you learn a lot. Uh, obviously, Chelsea's one of the best academies in the, in the world, if not the best. So, yeah, some of the experiences you get... It's just unbelievable uh, being coached by the, the best managers in the world when you're with the first team. You learn a lot from different managers, different players. So, uh, yeah, the philosophy was just basically you, you had to, to play with the ball. And it might change the formations of how whatever first team manager was there. Sometimes it might be a little bit different how they want the reserves to play. Um, obviously, because you're one step below the first team. So, yeah, we got taught a lot of different ways to play, but it was always playing out from the back, playing with the ball and just different formations and stuff like that and it was uh, an amazing experience what is it like when a first team manager changes and you've been set that standard that way of playing and then suddenly you've got to switch around is it sort of natural to footballers or is it a bit of a pain in the ass uh, no I think at that young age you're sort of you're open to learning new ways and everything like that so there, there was definitely no complaining from any of us obviously it's, if a top manager left and another one came in you're obviously going to learn something different um, from one of the top managers so I uh, just had to really soak it all in and just try and uh, take every bit of advice you, you could um, and yeah it was just uh, it's just pure enjoyment um, being able to play with the best players in the world for a living so uh, yeah it was uh, it was amazing it was just an amazing experience um, I just wish I didn't have as many injuries <laughs> but uh, yeah no it was a uh, just you can't really explain it just being able to learn off different players especially like my role model was John Terry and being able to train with him most days um it was incredible so 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 Chelsea were quite sort of proactive in the integration of the development squad and the first team during their training and yeah yeah they were we I, well they, they would always pick certain players I, I was over there quite a lot at the end of um like the last uh, couple of years I think it was I was over on the first team quite a bit yeah. um but I think it's, it's changed, definitely changed a lot now. Obviously, you've got like Frank Lampard and obviously one of his assistants there is Joe Edwards, who also was one of my coaches. Um, and it, obviously, you can see they're, they're bringing, uh, bringing through a lot of the young players. So I'd always say that we, we, we were always able to train with them, but able to get it was hard to get a chance in the first thing. That's probably one of the main reasons why I joined Swindon and uh, left before my contract ended was um, because obviously it was, it was a tough, tough road to get into the first team. And I wanted to go and play first team football. So that that was one of the reasons why I left. Probably the main reason why I left. But obviously, like now, Chelsea they're bringing all the young boys through, um, and it's, it's it's good to see because it's all uh, young English talent. From your time playing in the under 18s in the development side, you know, plenty of names that people would heard of: Fakori Tamori, Tammy Abraham, Dominic Solanke, Izzy Brown, Andreas yeah. Christensen, Ruben Loftus, Ruben Loftus Cheek, Nathan Ake, all members or around your age group, weren't they? Yeah, I'm. I'm still pretty good friends with Ruben, and yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's good to see. Obviously, you see young players just coming through that I've, that I've played with. 
like I, I think that sort of end stage of my career it was just a lot of a lot of my age I think the only one you said there was Ruben who was in my actual year group yeah. and Andreas two of them um, and we probably had one of the best age groups in the country so it, yeah it, it was tough to get into that first team so um, yeah obviously those two are doing really well and I'm really happy for them and obviously I still talk to Ruben uh, most days so uh, yeah they're fine yeah what is it like because from the outside about Chelsea and their sort of their policy with youth players and sending just squads and squads worth of players out on loan um, yeah. We'll talk about you with Aldershot in just a moment. What is your mindset, as you quite rightly pointed out? It's not simple to just break into that first team, or certainly yeah. wasn't when you were there. What is your mindset? Do you just think, well, if I can get three or four seasons of loans, go to the Netherlands or whatever, then we'll see what happens. But it, it does sound like you were just quite clean to play football wherever. But what is your mindset when you're not thinking of leaving? Are you just like, well, let's just use these facilities, let's use these mines, let's use the resources around me and see where it goes? Yeah, well, obviously, it, I think everyone's goal was to try and break into that first team and um, try and learn as much as possible. And to be fair, I, I coming through the academy, I had quite a few bad injuries. Um, that kept me out for a season, another half a season and bits and bobs like that. So, um, it was quite a frustrating period for me, to be fair. Um, I think it was the, the year I signed my pro contract, every year I had up until I left uh, Chelsea, every year I had quite a bad injury. So uh, it was quite frustrating for me. Um, and I think the, the, that season, I think I went on loan to Aldershot. I'd just come off an injury last the season before. Uh, I was needing to get fit. Um, and then obviously I just did the... I think it was four, five months, four months, four, five months at Aldershot, and um, I just had to had to play football because I hadn't played football for about a year and a half. Mm. Um, and then obviously I'd, I'd done pretty well, and it was uh, obviously Swindon were um, were interested. And obviously, I like the stuff, like look, when they played good football, and that would kind of suit me to a T. Yeah, and it was just basically just think, okay, this is maybe one way to get out into the world and play men's football and kind of get my name out there and show the level I can play and play consistently without any injuries. So, and yeah, that sort of went to plan as well. Um, and then the following season, obviously, I think it was a month and a half into the season, obviously I did my ACL. So that was that season gone. So yeah, I haven't been fully blessed with the injuries side, but I'm I'm hoping that after I get back from this one, it's sort of, I've, I've done them all and <laughs> I can just get back to playing, playing just football for a whole season. So yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, I mean, older shot. So I think that would have been Gary Waddock, um, yeah. who's ex-Swindon. Yeah. Um, he would he would have brought you in. So it sounds yeah. like, I mean, the, my, my question in in my notes was, you know, you're a Chelsea academy guy that has to drop down to the fifth tier for a loan spell, whereas other players are at least getting football league or they're going overseas and things like that. But yeah. was was the nature of your injury history the reason why they sent you down? to older shot or was there really no other options I just uh, yeah I, I didn't play I hardly played football at all the, I think it was from just eight. I turned 18 till probably 20 mm. I think I played maybe 30 matches I think probably in a two year spell so <laughs> yeah it was the fact that I just needed to get out and play football yeah um, and I'd come off some some bad injuries and um yeah, it was a frustrating period. Obviously, seeing everyone else going and doing 
even while I was injured, seeing everyone else getting these opportunities to go play in the leagues and stuff like that. And I was just sitting in the physio bed and it was just frustrating. But yeah, obviously you have to sort of got to work with what you got. You got to work hard. Um, so I, to me, it wasn't a it wasn't a big deal. I just wanted to go out and play football because I know obviously once I can play football for for a constant period of time, I know obviously I sort of have that belief in myself that I can, well, I can make a name for myself. So. Uh, and that was the plan, and I, I'd, I'd done well there. Obviously, done well in League One. There was, I think, there was quite a lot of interest, and then obviously, just another bad break of getting injured. So it was just mentality was just to just play football and get out there. So yeah, in a weird way, because you've had so many injuries from before, you know, from when you're 12 all the way up to present day. Does that help mentally when you've got it because you know you can come back and come back adequately or does it still sort of play on your mind? Because, I mean, it must be tough mentally, you know, having so many injuries in that respect. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I think it's always going to play on your mind. Um, but I think uh, I've sort of, I would say I'm pretty strong mentally and I've managed to adapt myself. And after I know after the big, the big one coming back from my ACL, um, a meniscus and a root repair that I, I bloody I came uh, I came back what was it last season obviously trying to get fit the whole uh, pre-season managed to do that obviously had a still had a bit of a tricky spell uh, that first six months but then after that I came back and I was flying mm. um, so again that was a big thing I think for me now knowing that I can come back from this injury and be even better than I was before. Um, whereas before coming from that ACS, why I struggled the first six months was because I was like, I didn't feel comfortable. I couldn't get fit. I kept having niggles with my knee and it was frustrating. So yeah, I'd say after going through all these injuries, it's sort of a, a good thing in a way because men mentally I've prepared myself. Um, well, I'm doing all the things that, that I can. I know what I'm doing. Um, obviously from the last injury I know when I come back from football not to be nervous and not be too much in my head know that my knee's in a in a good healthy state and it's strong and I can just get back to playing my football instead of thinking of many other things while I'm playing instead of thinking oh is my knee going to do this or is my knee going to do that and that's obviously not a good thing while you're on a football pitch because you've got uh, so many other things to focus on but yeah I definitely say coming through that ACL that is going to help me a lot through these next stages when I come back from this injury now Retrospectively, the move to Aldershot works really in your favour. I wonder if Chelsea will ever do it again uh, with other players. I know Jared Thompson ended up at, at Chippenham, which is quite a drop from from Premier League to go out and loan in the sixth tier. But for you, yeah. it worked really, really well because you, you took that drop and then it got you that League One move, which is ultimately what anyone wants. They want to be a professional football. They want to be in the Football League or above. Yeah. Did you enjoy Aldershot? Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I've still got friends from there that I still talk to now. Um, obviously, Gary was a he was a, he was a wicked manager. Um, we had a really good uh, <laughs> relationship. Really, we got on really well. He was calling me uh, every other week when I was at Swindon, asking how I'm getting on. Um, but yeah, no, I've still got some really good friends from that time. Uh, and yeah, it just set me up to uh, go into League One. Nice. Um, it prepared me really well, really. Uh, so I. I to me, if I could have gone out even a year or two years earlier when I was at Chelsea, I would have done that. I think you learn so much more from playing men's football than playing under twenty under 23s football. So uh, that was a massive learning experience for me, definitely. Yeah. Um, I've got to ask, what makes a manager wicked? I think when they just tell you straight, yeah. honesty is the, is the best thing, really. And I've had it a couple of times for uh, different managers. Um, they tell you one thing and then another thing happens and it's just... It's not good for your confidence, really. Um, I think 
I think every player would tell you that. It's just honesty is the best the best thing, really. And if a manager likes you, obviously that's going to make everything a lot better. Obviously you're going to play. And it just gives you that bit of breathing space, knowing you can uh, just sort of relax and play your game, really. But honesty, I'd definitely say honesty. When, when a manager's honest with you and, and you know they're being honest and they're being straight, that's probably the best the best part of a manager, really, is the honesty. Nice. That's what Richie Wellens, he's very honest. He's very, he will tell you straight. I think that's why we had a bit of a, um, a few arguments at the start, but then it, it just sort of brought out the best of me. And you, I knew what I had to do, and I did it, and I got back into the team. Oh, we'll be going into that in a few moments. Don't you worry about <laughs> <Yeah>. that, Dion. <laughs> okay, but let's talk Swindon now. I always tease the listeners by starting all the way at the beginning and then slowly but surely getting to Swindon. Let's talk to, about Swindon now because you arrived in what January 2017. You're not the yeah. youngest new signing from like a youth development side. You're about 22 at that phase. I would have thought. I was just turned just turned 21. Just turned 21. There we go. And it yeah. was it was a weird month really because it seemed that pretty much all of our signings. Were were ex-Chelsea players, you know. So yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you had uh, Dabo, Colquette, um, Islam, Jesse Starkey, although he came from Brighton. I'm pretty sure you played yeah. with him at Chelsea as well. Uh, um, best mates. Best mates, there you go. So yeah. so it was quite a uh, Chelsea-heavy selection of signings. And you arrive when times are not great. What is that like going into a team where, where you know, we're free-falling towards relegation? Uh, it it was tough. Uh, you could obviously when you get there, there's uh, the team was sort of weren't really together mm. in a way. Um, it's like they didn't really have a, a a clear path of what everyone wanted to do, and yeah, it was tricky, especially coming in. Obviously, uh, as a new player, but I think in that situation, you just got to uh, get your head down and work hard. And when you get your chance, take your chance, and then try and do as much as you can for the team. Um, but it, it was tough. It was obviously we were even we didn't really win many games, and yeah, it was just obviously when we when we were playing at home, the atmosphere wasn't the greatest. If you compare that that atmosphere then to how it is now, it's completely it's just so different. So that kind of makes me think about it more, comparing it now to then how how bad it actually was. Um, but again, I'd say the way we played football was 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 really it was I wouldn't say exciting, but it was it was pretty on the eye but then we just couldn't finish anything off which was quite frustrating but yeah I think obviously you come to come to where it's not where the club's at now um, we're playing good football and it's so exciting to watch and we're scoring so many goals um, it's just amazing to be part of uh, especially when I've been out on the sidelines and watching it it's been really good to watch seeing the boys win nearly every week and yeah it's been it's been it's been great when you when you look around a club and a manager this time it would have been Luke Williams sells you this. What draws you in other than a, a pro contract? Was there anything? Were you like, wow? Uh, you look at the table, you go, well, it's probably unlikely we'll stay up, but at least I've got this contract to start from League Two and kick on from there. Uh, it was just basically again just to get out there and play play football and knowing I'm playing in a side that's going to be playing the football that that suits me. Because mm-hmm. um, so if you look through a lot of uh, League One, League Two. Um, most of the football isn't very pretty. You, you get, you can get a lot of teams that um, like to shed it forward as early as they can. Um, so obviously, staying away from that, that wouldn't suit me at all. Um, so being able to play football will bring out the best of me. So I knew as long as I can do that and keep playing well and play the football that suits me, obviously you can get interest from uh, higher up. Um, so it was just the fact of getting out there and playing 
playing football and trying to play as, as well as I can and get interest uh, from clubs uh, at the top. How important is the milestone to you of making your first professional appearance? So, of course, you play for Aldershot, but that is still technically seven yeah, pro, yeah. even though Aldershot are full-time. But yeah. how important, of course, you made your debut very late on against Bristol Rovers and it took you about a month to really get a full starting place at the Swindon, in the Swindon lineup. How important is that to you, especially when you consider all those injuries you had? Uh, yeah, I'd, it was important. Um, but again, I've got that sort of uh, confidence in myself. I know that this is, um, that I, I can play this level easily. So uh, it was the fact of wanting to play um, and being grateful for getting the opportunity to play. And obviously I was excited after coming off so many injuries that I had to be able to play football um, in League One was exciting. Uh, but, but again, you, you can't just, you can't sit back and relax. And that's not where I, I want my career to go. So I want to go, even further, so you have to get down and work hard as you can and put in performances week in, week out. Um, so you, if you ain't got much time to sort of sit back and think, oh, well, okay, I'm playing professional football, blah, blah, blah. It's not like that at all. You got uh, you basically just got to work hard every day. Play play as well as you can week in, week out. You can't have off weeks. Um, you got to be consistent. So it's, it's, quite, it's mentally draining. Um, but again, it's something that I love and... Uh, yeah, I, I I love it. I love playing every single game. I love the feeling of having them butterflies before a game, and just um, that's what it's all about, really. Trying to push yourself and get to the next level. There's Cashy Anderson. Five additional minutes. Mullen. It's Matt Taylor. Listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC official supporters club. Okay, so Luke Williams leaves in the summer of 2017, and in comes David Flickroft. You are a starter, as you've said, um, for the start of that season. So all the way up until September, you pretty much play most games, and then you get that bloody injury against Stevenage. Yeah. How how did you find the David Flickcroft era and everything really? You know, we're gonna we've talked about Luke Williams, we talk about Flickcroft, and we'll talk about Phil Brown. All of this really is in comparison to what you have with Richie Wellens. Yeah, um, was it my type of football? <laughs> Definitely not. Um, I, it was frustrating sometimes to when we had that start of that season playing the way we played. Obviously, it was uh, I didn't feel like I could get the most out of myself. Obviously now with Richie, sort of, yeah, I'm sort of trusted to do with what I sort of. There's obviously he wants me to play a certain way, but there's no sort of limitations on what I can do. Mm. Whereas with Flickcroft, there were certain things I wasn't allowed to do, and um, if I like, I like breaking forward with the ball and going past a couple of players. If I did that, I'd get screamed at. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, it was an, it was an odd one. But again, it, it was just part of, uh, part of the fact I wanted to play football again and just play as well as I can to keep interest and sort of get to that next level. And obviously I, I was playing, I was playing very well week in, week out. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was just unfortunate that I got the injury that I did. It wasn't even close to really anyone. I just 
caught, my foot got stuck in the ground and um, that was my ACL gone. So yeah, it was it was a it was a weird month and a half. I don't think he liked me too much when I when he first came. But I think I, I ended up changing his mind and obviously I was starting uh, the first game of the season and, and played well and um, obviously there was quite a bit of interest from other places and I was just focusing on the season trying to play as well as I could week in week out and obviously that got cut short. So, so in yeah. that in that first summer when Williams went and Flickrock came in, there were clubs looking at you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a bit of interest, mm-hmm. um, but obviously I've been playing in League One for six months, so I had to do it again for at least another six months for a whole other season, um, and then see what happened there. But I was just looking for again. I was enjoying my football so much, just playing week in week out, playing uh, playing in men's football. Yeah. Um, obviously uninterrupted by injuries for those six months, uh, all the way up to uh, September, and I was just enjoying enjoying playing football. And then uh, obviously the injury came, so. Yeah, and how frustrating is it watching, and how weird is it watching like a whole season sort of play out in front of you, and you can't do anything about it? And of course, a season where a manager just leaves what felt like out of the blue, as far as the fans were concerned. Of course, we heard the rumours that Mansfield were interested, but it was all very quick, wasn't it? And we didn't have any yeah. indication that Flickroff was going to go. Was that the same for you guys as well? I was. Uh, doing most of my rehab at home mm-hmm. again privately, um, so I wasn't I wasn't around the building hearing all the stuff of what was going on, and I think towards the end they got a little bit toxic with a few players, and some people weren't happy, and yeah, I I don't really know too much what went what went went on, mm-hmm. but I think I think that was just a better move for him. I think I think um, that was obviously closer to where he lives uh, back home and. No, I don't know the proper ins and outs of that, but um, yeah, it definitely was just a bit of a. It, it did happen quick for me, especially not being around there. It was just like, oh, he's gone. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I ended up getting a call from Futch. He didn't even the David Flickruff didn't even call me, but Futch called me and told me what happened. So um, yeah, it was an odd one. Yeah. So Phil Brown comes in, and you're away doing your rehab privately. Does he call yeah. you up? What what happens? Because everything must be in limbo at that stage. Yeah, uh, obviously, that, I think they were around the playoffs at that time, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, sort of fifth position, so um, I think he just got it stuck in and uh, tried to do the best he could. Um, I managed to get in for the last couple of months. I managed to get in a few training sessions. And I think I think me and him had a meeting at the end of that season, and obviously he was just asking about what, what was the best sort of best way for me coming back the next season fit and bits and bobs like that. Nothing, nothing major. Um, so obviously we get back the season after, and it's just basically he's just telling me how much he wants me to be a part of this, how much of a big player I am and just trying to get me fit. And I ended up getting fit for the start of the season. Um, but again, I was advised not to play. The, we, I think we had, I can't remember who, who the league games were. We had a league game on a Saturday. We had Chelsea in the Checker Trade Cup on a Tuesday. And then we had Exeter the following Saturday. And they was advised not to obviously play me three games in a week, obviously because I've just come back off a big injury. Yeah. But then I, I play all three games and then within the first 10 minutes of the Exeter game, I get a sort of little niggle, my leg sort of jars um, and I get a little bit of a clicking sensation in the knee I just had operated on. Um, and it was a bit sore throughout the whole game, but I managed to finish it. And then come a few days later, I was in agony. Uh, I think I had, it was like a bit of quite bad bone bruising. And again, that kept me out for, I think, two months. Um, so I'm fighting to keep fit and... I uh, managed to get back into the side. Then we lose. He takes me out. 
obviously Lanks was the other centre half and he was the captain, so he wasn't dropping him. It was just me getting dropped and another centre half, and it was just it was very frustrating in that period. I couldn't get a, a run in the, in the in the side, and then obviously, it, yeah, it was like that the whole way until Phil Brown got sacked, um, and then obviously uh, Richie Wellens comes in. I think we played the first game and we lose four one or whatever it was. Four nil. Uh, um, <laughs> and then I think the next games I played was midfield at Christmas. Um, and I'd, previous to that, I'd loads of talks with him and um, saying how much I, I, I think I deserve to play. I want to play, blah, blah, blah. And he just told me straight, he said, look, you're not fit enough. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really being a proper defender. I wasn't really focused on the defending aspect. I was all thinking about the ball. And then I saw, I think it was just subconsciously, I was just a bit worried going into tackles and um, doing the dirty side really because of my knee. So that affected me quite a lot. And then I think it came it came January. I think doubts told me about gluten-free stuff. I went on a gluten-free uh, period and literally it felt amazing off it. And then I got really fit. I think one of the, I think uh, Wolfie got injured. Uh, what was it against Bristol City in a friendly? And I, meant, I I came on, I played, and I played, I played wicked. Um, and then I got put in against MK Dons the first game. And ever since then, I, I stayed in the team and played really well. And then obviously, I think it was. A month later, he gave me the captaincy. So um, I think that was a sort of a respect level we had for each other. That obviously I came in, I was obviously a bit annoyed not being in the squad. I wasn't even in the squad. And he, he told me the things I had to do and he told me pretty straight. Uh, I didn't like him, but I, I got on with it and worked hard. And um, I think I got his respect from that. And um, I think that's what happens when a, when a manager doesn't, if you're not in favour or whatever it's like, you, you, you just got to work hard. Um, obviously, coming from an, from a year injury, I was so frustrated. So I've come from a year injury. I've had six months where I'm in and out of the team. I'm then left out of the squad all the time. I'm thinking, what is going on? Um, I think the only thing you have to do is just work hard. Mm. Um, and it was every day I was travelling up to some of the five-hour journeys. I was travelling with the team, being told on the day that I'm not in the squad instead of having a sulk or going home or not doing anything, having a sulk. I just, uh, I, I put on some extra kit. I did running before the game, got back in the shower, watched the boys train, uh, watched, got, watched the boys play and then back home. Next day, I'd be doing stuff on our day off. Back in on the Monday, I'd be doing an extra bit. So it was just a case of just working as hard as I could and trying to get myself fit and it all paid off really. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was, that was a, I think a big learning curve for me, that, um, that aspect. How often do players leave on away days if they're not in the squad? I always figured they'd just um, sit around. Do some of them just go, ah, I'm not, going In some cases, some <laughs> people do. Obviously, it depends what the relationship is with the manager. And if people are coming down to the end of their contract and they can't be bothered for it, you can, you can get some players that do that, definitely. So, yeah, it's sometimes football can be evil and you can get players that just can't hack it mentally. And um, it's, it's, it's not always the best ball and it's not the best thing in the world that people think it is it can be a really harsh game sometimes um, it can really test your character so you've got to be able to just get through the hard times and just again work as hard as possible mm. um, I think that's all you can do and then uh, hopefully uh, you turn a corner and you can get back into the squad get into the team and play and sort of prove the managers wrong What did Richie Wellens find when he arrived at Swindon because Phil Brown's exit again I mean, it seemed planned because I'm pretty sure I saw Wellens at the York City game. I'm almost certain he was there that day before Brown left. 
can't confirm yeah. that, but I, I, I still <laughs> believe I saw him there that day. Was it, did he come in, not, not for want of a better phrase, did he come in like aggressively and say like, this is this has got an end or did he just sort of... Yeah, yeah basically that... just changed the whole way we played. We went from doing just 11 v11s every day under Phil Brown into proper football training, uh, everything with the ball, possessions, uh, different passing drills and it just completely changed. It changed everything. So it was. So it was. Just, and it was sort of refreshing in a way. Yeah. So it was just yeah, eleven he, versus eleven with, with Phil Brown. We did that. We did that a lot. Yeah, yeah. we did that a lot. Um, so yeah, it was a complete. When he came in, it was a complete change. The way we played, formation we played. Um, it was. It was refreshing. Obviously, being out of, it was a completely different type of football. He wanted to play proper football, so it suited me down to a T. But yeah, he uh, he told me some home truths and some stuff that I, I needed to hear. I was still struggling mentally, obviously, with the injury being a bit... I, I, I don't really know the best way to explain it. It's just sometimes you're just in your head too much with the injury. And it's yeah, yeah it's a tough thing to come back from. Everyone, The surgeon says it's nine months physically, he said, but it, it usually takes about 18 months um, yeah. to fully overcome it. So uh, he, he told me some, some home truths and uh, I just I worked hard and managed to get back into the team. And I think everyone could see the way I started the season, how we were playing at the end of the season was completely different. Um, yeah. And then, and then again, you got, he obviously came into a team where he didn't have a lot of the players that he wanted there in a way. He wanted to bring in his own players and own like players that would play his way. Um, you think you got players from David Flickcroft era, even Luke Williams era, mm. um, Phil Brown era. And then he had to sort of uh, make a team of how he wanted to play with, the players that don't really suit the way he wanted to play. So, um, yeah, it was a tough task. Um, and I think, obviously, now you can see this season he's been able to bring in the players he wants to play and it's uh, it's gone really well. So it certainly has. And I've got to be honest, from my from my side of things as a fan, I prefer the, the Richie Wellens way of talking, the way he's very matter-of-fact. He, he, call, yeah. he calls out the fans if he feels that the fans need to be better Again, than that, what we do and that comes that. down to honesty doesn't yeah. it he's just being honest he's being open he's telling you straight and that's that's the best way to be um so yeah he he's 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 changed from me being here with luke the luke williams era where we we were struggling he's changed the atmosphere the just it's completely different worlds worlds apart um from how the how the team's feeling how the fans are how how everything's run um with all the staff, everything's completely different. And obviously you can see we're top of the league or joint top um, with a game in hand. And hopefully we can get this season back on and win the league. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I've, through the podcast, I've been lucky enough to be inside the club a couple of times. I've spoke to Richie Wellins. I've done a couple of live events there. And you can, even when I, you just walk down the corridor, those narrow, narrow corridors at Swindon, you do get a sense yeah. of things are good, you know, and, yeah. and and that is something that I definitely would agree with you there. We we can, you know, not mention your one and only goal for Swindon because <laughs> it was against Morecambe. I think it made it 3-0. Yeah. But it was for for a centre back and their only goal in professional football, it was alright, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> um but yeah, I think that comes down to how I play football again. I'm sort of quite technical. Um and yeah, it was it was a fun way to score a goal, definitely. Uh, and yeah, I think I'm not sure. I think that might have been my first game as captain. I'm not too sure. Um, I have to look back on that. But I think it, yeah, that was a good day. 
Uh, and that's just, I was enjoying, that was probably the most I enjoyed football so far. Um, yeah, it, it, it was it was a good goal. Um, I wish I could score a few more with my head, but I think, to be fair, we're, we're not really a big side, are we? You think about it. Um, I think we've tried doing quite a few uh, like intricate corners and trying to catch teams off guard and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I think we've we've got enough goals through uh, Doyle this season. So, I would say your many many listeners would say your your one of your main attributes, other than your bread and butter of being a centre back, are those long passes. How did you? Who taught you to to hone in on that? Is that just practice, practice, practice? Because it is practice. Yeah. It's, I've been I was out in the garden every single day five years old that's a big garden my brother would come out with me it, <laughs> it was but obviously that age you couldn't kick it that far so it was about 30 yards I had a 30 yard it's about 30 yards the length of like the grass bit in the garden and we had a goal at the back of it and I'd always every day just try and hit a crossbar try and put it in the top corner or I'd go to the park with my brother and just hit long balls but again I think it comes down that's I think you can practice so much but it's just quite. I think it's natural as well. I think you can either you can either hit that long ball or you can't. I'm I'm very lucky to be able to to do it. Obviously, I think as well learning off. I've been working on my left foot quite a lot when I was coming through the academy. Obviously, learning off John Terry, he could hit the he could hit that pass with his left foot. So as well, I worked on worked on that a lot. Worked with him on some long balls, and obviously that came quite natural to me. That sort of side of the game with the ball, it was more. The defensive side and the actual like nitty gritty bits of defending, I had to work on and work quite hard at. Uh, so yeah, I'd say the stuff with the ball it comes quite easy to me, but being the proper defender and trying to keep that clean sheet that's that's a real art, and you have to work at that probably more than anything. Definitely as a defender. Yeah. Um, so that is probably what I worked at the most, and I feel like I, I, obviously I get a lot of praise and I see a lot of things about people putting up about my long balls, but I'd say defending as well. I'm uh, I'm a pretty good defender. I back myself in a lot of one v one situations, and um, yeah, and that just comes from every single like a few a few of us at Chelsea. We obviously lived close to each other. We just stay for a few hours and work on stuff in a little five five v five bit mm. Astro um, and work on one v ones and uh, work on defending different different skills and um, yeah, it all just comes down to practice, 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 practice. You can't practice enough, so. Um, yeah, I definitely say I've learned a lot from being at Chelsea and it's helped me become the player that I am. Yeah. A couple more things before we go into listeners' questions because it would be remiss of me not to talk about the summer because we all thought you were gone. Based on percent- <laughs> based on percentages, how likely was it that you were, were leaving at one point? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, it was never... I don't think I was... I was I wanted to stay at Swindon because obviously I just had the captaincy and Richie obviously promised me quite a few things coming into the next season, um, contract wise and uh, having having the captaincy was the biggest thing for me. Um, I think if you obviously I'd just come back again. I'd only been playing since uh, end of January or February that season, so again I had to prove myself coming back from that injury um, and the, the moves obviously that I want to get up high up. So I don't I didn't want to go anywhere and be. Um, sort of the, the Joey player and be like, oh, okay, we've just got this guy because he's on the free, blah, blah, blah. I want to prove myself and be and go into a side where I'm like, okay, he's a real deal, blah, blah, blah. In that sense. And I thought 
I wanted to play for Swindon under under Richie because he's he's playing the type of football that suits me down to a T. Um, and I knew with the summer that he could bring in new players that the, the season, obviously this season that we're going to have would be a, a really good one and we'd have a really good chance of getting promoted. And if I could be captain of that, that would be massive. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, it was, I would, it was 50, 50 at some stages, but I, 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 I wanted to stay. So I wanted to be captain. That was quite a big thing for me at 23 years old to be captain. Um, and hopefully of a side that could be getting promoted. That was what played in my head. Um, and then obviously you get promoted, you play a whole season as captain, you get promoted, things happen. Um, you get some big moves and bits and bobs like that. So that was, again, that was the idea. Obviously, Richie said he'd, he uh, offered me the year and then either I'd be gone in the January or end of the season. Um, but again, obviously injuries, just injuries are a part of football and it? it stops. Yeah, it's really interesting what you say about, about like, injuries previously so it, it sounds like you stay with us for a year but if someone comes in in January or next summer we're not going to stand in your way that's lower league football I get that that that's fine you know you guys only have one career and if something comes up then you want to explore it but I want to talk about the injury against Newport because Swindon were doing very well at that stage just about to embark on a little bit of a wobble after after your injury and yeah. We had that feel-good game against Macclesfield where Lloyd Isgrove was milking it and things like that when he got substituted. <laughs> and it was yeah. looking really good for you as well as captain. You were get, building a good relationship with your fellow defenders. And then yeah. it all happened in the ninth minute against Newport County, a game where from the very first second didn't feel right as a game. But what I, what I remember from being at that game and, and I saw your injury is it felt... Yeah. And I'm, I'm basing this on what you've said previously about the mindset of somebody who's had a lot of injuries. It felt like you went into that tackle sort of weary of getting injured, which didn't help the situation. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would say in that sense, and I think it was a bit of a naive, how, how I went into it was quite naive. I think I think I went into it knowing that, oh, okay, no, because I, I, I usually, I would say I've got quite strong legs, um, and I usually, when I go into them sort of things or whatever, I don't. I feel like I don't need to go 100% and just, I, I, or I could maybe just flick the ball over his foot or something like that. But yeah, it was quite naive. I didn't go into it how I should have gone into it. I should have seen what was coming because obviously I was at a bit of an angle. I was side on, and he came through like a steam train basically. Yeah. Uh, I just left my leg dangling there, and um, yeah, again, it was it's something to learn from. Obviously, I'd rather it happen now than later in my career when I'm 28, 29 at the peak of my career. But I'm trying to see, I see it in a way, it's stuff to sort of learn from. I'm learning from all these sort of experiences and I can maybe say at the end of uh, my football career, all the stuff I've come through and I've managed to have a good career and I just think it's maybe going to be a good story to tell and give advice to other players of, of this, the injury sense and things, what to do and what not to do. Um, but yeah, it was. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I just left my leg dangling there and it was quite naive. should have... Um, again, playing it, I, I knew what player it was as well, and I know he likes to going for a, for a heavy tackle as well. So I should have been a bit more switched on to that situation. Um, and obviously, it does play on my mind a lot now, just to think if I didn't just go in for that tackle, or I went in a different way and protected myself. Yeah, I would have gone on to play the rest of the season. But again, you can't like I, like the last time, you can't dwell on things and think, well, if I did this, well, if I did that again, <laughs> I, well, I'm working it. To be fair, I'm working as hard as I can. Yeah. The stuff I can do. Um, and the surgeon said I'm ahead of most athletes at this stage of this injury. Um, he was 
he was shocked really at how far um, I've come with this injury. So again, I'd put that down to coming through with the last ACL injury. I've learned a lot from a lot from that. And yeah, I think it just builds character, um, builds character, and hopefully I can come out of this injury. Hopefully we win league with League Two and we go into League One next year. Uh, I've I've come out of this injury learning a lot of things about myself, watch back games of what, I, what I'm not doing so well and trying to develop them. So yeah, it's just a big learning experience and I'm just really looking I'm I'm desperate to get back out on the football pitch. So um, I think it just, it makes you appreciate the little things of when you're playing football and how much I actually miss it. Well, we've got a whole section on, on injuries and how you deal with that in just a moment. But before, just one more thing before we go into those questions is yeah. how reassuring uh, was it when the club gave you that contract during that injury where it would have been much easier for us to just or for the club to just just see out until the summer make a decision then yeah exactly that was massive that was that that was massive for obviously play it it wasn't playing on my mind too much at the start of the season because I I sort of I started the season, started the injury because everything was just focused on this injury and trying to figure out what I had actually done and um, trying to get out of the operation and then just trying to figure out a rehab plan going forward. And then obviously speaking to Richie and um, obviously Steve Anderson and Lee Powell, they obviously offered me the, the new deal and I was I I was pretty, I was so, I was buzzing really. I thought it would, obviously coming off of last, the injury from my ACL a couple of years ago and then having this, you'd think maybe a couple of like, all. Oh, Maybe we give him like a trial period to see how he comes back from his injury and stuff like that plays in your mind. So obviously to be offered a, a whole new uh, contract was, um, yeah, it just shows uh, the sort of, I think the respect that Richie sort of has for me and I have for him. And obviously I can't thank him enough for sort of everything he's done for me, um, especially coming back from that last ACL and obviously helping me through this injury. So uh, yeah, it was massive from the club. Finally for Smith. Right, let's, let's talk about your injuries via questions from listeners. Thank you to everybody who provided questions. I haven't supplied your name because I don't want this to be like CBBC or something like that. So I'm just going to go all of these questions now, Dion, are cool. from listeners. They they range from the very technical to the farcical, but, you know, that's 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 the general that's cool. topic. <laughs> so the first, yeah. the first one's a technical question based on the listener having their A ACL repaired themselves yeah they're just interested to see what the difference in surgeries is between what we would have as the general public and the professional athletes is it an, is it is it any different or is it the same uh it, dep- it depends what surgeon you go to I was lucky enough to go to uh Andy Williams for both my knee ops um and he's he's probably he is the best guy in the world at doing these uh these knee surgeries so I think the but the main the main difference comes to obviously our job is to play sport. So every day I'm doing rehab. Where whereas when you get my like my brother, he uh, he did his ACL in January and he's just had it operated on. But he's got to go to work. Mm. Normal people in, with the normal jobs, they're not allowed to do the rehab that I'm allowed to do. So it's 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 difficult because you're sitting in an office down, or you're sitting in an office all day, or you're off doing something with your work and you're not able to do the rehab. Um, I have I had both each ops. I had six weeks 
straight from the operation of doing literally nothing. I just sat on my backside, iced my knee, did a couple of exercises and just let my knee heal. Whereas in a normal person, you're not, you're not allowed to do that. You have to work. So I say trying to do as much rehab and do the stuff that's right for your knee as much as possible in the evenings when you get back from work or in the mornings. Um, because your knee just stiffens up so much you have to be out you have to straight away from the operation you got to get your knee moving you got to uh, make sure it doesn't stiffen up in ways that will make you need to have another operation to get the I, I forgot what it's called it's, I forgot what the operation is called now they have to put you under anesthetic and they just literally force your knee through the block whatever it's in so um, you just got to make sure you're doing as much rehab as possible um, I wouldn't say there's much difference between what a normal person would do or a sportsman would do with the injury it's just the amount of time we we have to do the stuff that we need for our knee so I just say make as much time as you can to do the rehab because the rehab is the most important bit the first two three months is vital so yeah next question is has your ACL been repaired differently this time to how they did it before yeah, so it's not it's not my ACL that I've done on this knee. I did my I've done my MCL, PCL, <laughs> and meniscus. So it's a, a complicated one. Easy mistake um, to make. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. This is a lot different to how the ACL was prepared. Uh, prepared with the MCL, with the ACL, you have to have part of your patella tendon or your hamstring uh, taken away and fitted as your ACL, basically. But this time, your MCL is just one big. Uh, sort of ligament so they just had to stitch that back together and get it uh, stuck back to the bone um, and then the PCL was similar to the ACL I had to have uh, two part one part of my hamstring on my left leg and one part of my hamstring on my right leg taken and put as my PCL ligament and then obviously the meniscus was a little bit different to the last meniscus and then I think I had a fracture as well and I ruptured uh, the back of my knee um, so this one was I had a, a few more things going on um, and it was a, definitely a lot different. I was in a, in a brace this time uh, all the way from uh, the 9th of October till the 1st of January. And I wasn't allowed to take that off at all during the day unless I was icing it. So um, this one's been a bit more of a test, definitely. But uh, yeah, I'm, I've come through it so far with uh, flying colours, I think as a surgeon would say. So I just got to keep it going. But yeah, it's definitely a lot different to the last ACL. Yeah. Um, several questions along the same lines here, so I'll just read them all out. So the first one is, would you be willing to share some insight on how you keep yourself motivated while in rehab and what little steps have helped to maintain your focus and well-being? The next one was, what sort of things do the club do to keep you involved in the squad while injured? And how do you keep your focus when injured for so long? And what motivates you during these long layoffs? So several questions there, but they're all along the same lines. Yeah, uh, basically, I think the first initial phase is trying to um, trying to just sort of be at ease. No, I think it's trying to just know you've got a big injury. You've got to just take your time with it. That's probably the first initial bit I've learned from my last ACL. It's just know I've got a big injury and let this first initial phase just uh, recover my knee and, um, and then try and pick a hobby up. You have to try and pick a hobby Uh whether it's trying to learn another language. I tried to learn another language last time, even though I gave up after a couple of months, but it kept me going. It kept me interested in something else. Um, watching old clips of your games, trying to work on and stuff uh, mentally, trying to prepare yourself uh, when you come back for things you've got to work on and um, push on to the next level. Uh, obviously, you have to have great support from your family and friends. That's definitely a major thing. My family have been amazing through these two injuries. Um 
and then obviously with the club obviously I had the first three months I was away from the club doing some stuff privately at home because I couldn't get about anywhere Um, but they were obviously giving me support every day um, speaking to me and making sure I'm involved in whatever they could get me involved in and obviously since I've been back uh, everyone's been amazing towards me everyone's been uh, haven't really treated me any differently which is what I, I want I don't want to be treated like I'm I'm, the, I'm, I'm injured and everyone's got to make extra uh, special care. They've just treated me like I'm, like I'm back playing, like I'm normally fit. Uh, and uh, but it's just trying to find the positive in every situation, situation basically. Um, and again, even though it's not a good thing, but it's a good thing in a way that I've learned a lot from my last injury. Um, so that's kind of knowing what I'm what I've got to do and knowing what feels right and what doesn't feel right is definitely a major thing so if I I know if I get a tiny little niggle in this knee I've been through it before with my left knee and I know it's nothing major and I I can just relax get on my work recover um and it's been good even though I I miss my football so much it's been good to sort of be at home with my family um which obviously is the thing we don't get to do a lot when we're playing during the season we have so many games um, so just being able to be with my family and, and a few friends is it's been a massive thing, definitely. Yeah, I was going to ask you about hobbies, which you've covered. You tried to learn a, another language. Yeah. What, what language was that? Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and other than that, it's probably Netflix, right? Oh my god, yeah, I think I've completed it. Completed it. <laughs> Any recommendations? Uh, watching Ozark at the minute. Yeah, good. That which first someone series, told me, good. yeah, yeah, yeah unbelievable. So I'm, I'm on that at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> The question is because at the time of recording, of course, we are all self-isolating during uh, due to the pandemic at the moment. Would you anticipate yep. being available for selection for the remainder of the season if it's paid, played out in, say, June or July? It doesn't sound like Richie Wellens would let you. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I, I could. But again, it's coming <laughs> down to the, to the manager. I don't know if he wants me to again but that was my thoughts probably for the last few months is it worth me trying to come back for the end of this season put myself at risk for next season because obviously the earlier you come back from these injuries the percentage of you re-rupturing or re-injuring yourself is higher Um, so every month every month the surgeon says every month the the percentage halves Um, so if I come back for next season obviously I'm going to be fighting fit and ready to go but yeah it would be amazing to be able to be involved in the games and I think I could possibly get myself in a in a place to be able to play for the end of the season but it's just frustrating now at the minute because there's obviously I've got bits and bobs I can do at home I've got a bike arriving um, I've got some different gym bits around the house that I can do and outside but it's I can't do the stuff that I usually do with the physio I can't go out and do the specific running drills and stuff like that so in a way it's, it's this is frustrating for me as well even though it's given me a chance to maybe play the end of the season there's some bits that I can't do for my rehab that I need to do to get me back to play so we just have to see um when we're back at football but no one even knows when that is yet so um it's frustrating it's absolutely crazy isn't it okay let's get some swindon town related stuff here so we've had a question here of which former swindon player one from your time and one from before your time to see what your swindon history is like would you (laughs) have in this squad because I see it so much on Twitter, I have to go with Glenn Hoddle. Nice. Um, obviously, I see a lot of things compared with like uh, the long, the long passes. Um, so definitely him. And did you say someone that I've played with in Swindon yeah. over the last few years? Oh, um, who would I choose? That's a tough one. 
I probably in this team I'd like to see uh Ben Gladwin. Nice. nice. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to see him. I think he'd do well in this team. Who's the best player you've played with? And that doesn't have to be just Swindon. And who's the best player that you've played against and why? Oh, um, that I've played with is in, a, in an actual game yeah. or trained. Or... Oh, you, can, you can have either or. You can name drop a plenty. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, it's got to be Hazard. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> um, yeah, um, definitely him, yeah, 100%. And played against? Probably Yanazai. Yeah. Uh, yeah, against United, the under twenty threes. He was um he was he was pretty good, yeah. He wasn't too What is the best Swindon game you've played in? I think it will go this season with um at Leighton Orient. That was probably one of the best experiences. Um the away the away fans were unbelievable. I, I've never heard an away support like that, to be fair. Uh, and to play the way we played. Yeah, that was, I think, by far my favourite game so far at Swindon. Nice. That was incredible. And what's your favourite moments about, or what have been your favourite moments playing for Swindon? Definitely say, obviously, the first game. I think I played uh, at Bury, Mm -hmm. my first start, Bury away in League One. Probably again that season playing away at Northampton, uh, not Northampton, Bradford, sorry. Uh, their, Their home fans were incredible. Probably going on a run as well last season where I think we played a few of the top teams like MK Dons, Barry and all that and we went on a run and we won quite a few games and we gave a ch- gave ourselves a chance to get into the playoffs. Um, and then I just say this, this whole season, I, I honestly I've not been a part of a, of a squad um, that's been this close together. It's just playing with, playing with, everyone's like, everyone's such good mates and playing with Obviously, boys that you get on so well with, it makes a huge difference and everyone's just enjoying it so much. And obviously, the, I think it was the 11 games I played, I, I enjoyed that so much. So, yeah, I definitely put them as uh, definitely my favourite experiences at Swindon so far. And that's what makes this this suspension so frustrating because it's clear that you all exactly. get along so splendidly. Yeah. It's, it's a pain yeah. in the backside. Um, OK, a few silly ones now. Um, the question is, are you a football boot head? Do you have a preferred boot or manufacturer? <laughs> uh, I've always worn Nike. Uh, obviously, when I was at Chelsea, Nike sent me a few, quite a few boots over the few years, and I've always just stuck with Nike. What is the, um, what is the free stuff? I think like? last... Oh, it's, it, to be fair, the boots, I just... I, I always went through... I go through so, so many boots. Yeah. Um, I still get them sent to me uh, for free, and that's so I'd probably go through maybe four pairs every two months. Four pairs. <laughs> um, I used to go through a lot more when I was younger, but I've sort of I, if I find a boot now that I'm comfy with, I'll stick with that as long as I can. But every injury I've had, um, I probably I cha- I changed the type of boot I wore when I got injured. So I I, I wore Tiempo this time when I got injured. So when I come back for next season, I'll wear a completely different type of boot. It'll be Nike, but it will be a different style. Um, I don't know why I do that. I'll probably change my number as well for some reason. <laughs> They're probably the only sort of weird things I have. I don't have anything before a game that I must do or anything like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I do love my boots. I like a nice white pair of boots as well. 
I got well, we we can't go any further than, than than the change of number because you've had the same number for a couple of seasons now. So who are you yeah. going to fight for? Because you were twenty five first <laughs> and then twenty six. You're gonna you're gonna yeah. go for uh, twenty seven. Who's twenty seven? DJ. No, I think, I'm maybe? no, I'm 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 going away from the number two, five, and six. So anything uh, that's not got them numbers in it, I'm gonna have. So yeah. I will find that whatever's free. <laughs> Next question is, who's got the worst car in the current squad? Oh. Um, oh. I don't know who's got the worst car. I'd probably say the worst driver has got to be Tyler Reed <laughs> or Taylor Curran. I'm not getting in the car anymore with them. I feel like they're bloody going to have drive into someone every other minute. But, um, <laughs> have you had to go on Michael Doughty's scooter? No, because I think he's only been using it since I've got injured, so I don't want to fall off it and re- redo my <laughs> So um, I've stayed clear of that. I don't think he lets anyone go on it anyway. <laughs> um, the next one is a is a traditional question amongst the Swindon fan base to anybody associated with the club. What's your favourite cheese? Favourite cheese, hello me. Nice, nice. Yes, please. Uh, next question yeah. is, who does your yeah. hair? I, I go to uh, a place in London. Um, a girl called Saskia, she does it for me. Um, so as soon as we're out of this lockdown, I'm getting my hair done again. <laughs> which is um, which is funny because that was home. that was the last question. What's the first thing you're going to do when you get out of lockdown? Is no, to... I th- well, actually, before that, I think I'm going for a Nando's, I'm craving a Nando's. Um, so yeah, that'd be the first thing, and then get my hair done. You're, you're one of the few footballers who aren't shaving their head, then. Yeah, no, I, I. I, I... Yeah, I can't see myself shaving my hair off. I like my hair too much, really. <laughs> <laughs> the next couple of questions, yeah. we've got three questions left. So the next questions are based on the fact that you appear to be a Belieber. What's your favourite Justin Bieber tune? Right now, probably Come Around Me on his new album. Um, that's been uh, on in the garden pretty much nearly every day so far. So, yeah, it's got to be that one. <laughs> and the next one is, why on earth do you like Justin Bieber? <laughs> Uh, I get that a lot, to be fair. Um, I th- I've just always thought he's pretty cool. Um, he's, uh, I remember when he, oh, I forgot when it was, he came to, he came and did his concert, I think it was 2016, I think I went two nights in a row. Um, but uh, yeah, I've just always thought he's pretty cool, his music's wicked. Um, obviously everyone in my family likes him as well. I think I've, I've got a lot of people wanting him to listen to his music. A lot of people always said, oh, why well, you listen to him? And I played the music for him and then, they end up messaging me and saying, yeah, you're right. His music's pretty ledge. So, um, yeah, I, I just think it's pretty cool. You sound like David Brent then talking about Justin Bieber, which was very, <laughs> very fun. And the final question is, we already know about your squad numbers, but do you have any pre-match superstitions? Also, is there any particular song or artist you'd like to play before a game? Not really. I don't really have any superstitions. I always just like to get my sort of like prehab stuff done, like all my stretching and making sure I'm doing all that sort of stuff, ready to go out for the warm up. But no sort of superstitions. And at the minute, uh, the team we've got a song called with Meek Mill called Dreams and Nightmares. That's the last song we play before we go out to the warm up. So that is the song that everyone uh, listens to in the team so far this season, which has sort of worked pretty well. But yeah, Meek Mill, Dreams and Nightmares. I think if you haven't heard it, listen to it. It's a, it's a, it's a good song. Definitely a good song if you're going to go out and play football or train or whatever you're going to do. Lovely. And there we go. That's it. How do you feel? Perfect. Yeah, no, I feel good. I feel good. <laughs> Just looking forward to getting rid of this, this uh, isolation and getting back to football. Quite right. Well, Dion, thank you very much for, for taking part. Dion, thank you very much. You're welcome. No worries. Good run by him and now Mashko. 
The Low Strangers is proudly sponsored by the official STFC Supporters Club. The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford and the artwork was provided expertly by John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.